Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is our number two of the Rob Carson Show, and we have uh, much to get to this hour. Uh, lots of audio with regard to uh, the January the 6th hearing. Again, just remember this, that the January 6th committee in the Democrat Party had 44,000 hours of video to choose from, and they selected maybe 10 minutes for their narrative, which was that this was the worst attack on our capital since 1812, Pearl Harbor, 9-11, and the Civil War. Tucker Carlson picks up their video that they didn't use off their cutting room floor and shows you that was all a lie. <laughs> and they're mad about it. It's, it's remarkable. It really is. Your selective editing is bad, but mine is fine. Unbelievable. <clears throat> So, I got a note from John yesterday, John Osborne. I'll just say John Osborne. And and yesterday I did an epic open monologue where I quoted Voltaire, and I went through all of the ways that uh, uh, people commit evil. And uh, and it was epic. It's on uh, Rumble uh, at, at Rob Carson Show. It's also on the podcast at Newsmax.com slash listen. And uh, I didn't realize until after I said the monologue, and no, I don't listen to my show because... I hear myself in my headphones three hours a day. So, you know, not, not really interested in hearing me again. And I listened to it, and I said, well, this is, yeah, this is good. So if you want to check that out. But I got a, I got a note from John, and he says, uh, he says, hey, my friend, you might want to think about playing that again every day. Not only the, the monologue, but also what followed it yesterday. I'll share that in a second. I just pulled my tractor trailer into the uh, Raleigh-Durham, uh, North Carolina area to have a lunch, and it was so moving I quit e- eating until it was over. You have hit the core of America with that segment. And speaking for myself, I would love to hear that at the beginning of your show every day. That, my dear brother, is red, white, and blue all the way. And uh, and so I'm going to do what I did yesterday at the beginning of the show. Uh, I'm not going to repeat the monologue, but I am going to repeat a couple of things, uh, including a soundbite from Donald Trump and a recording of January the 6th protesters. Now we know who were convicted... Uh, or at least are in jail on false charges, disproven for many of them by the videotape that was left on the cutting room floor by Democrats selectively, so they would remain in jail. And then, uh, and and Donald Trump reading the uh, Pledge of Allegiance in between. So, uh, without further ado, I will not interrupt. Let's hear it. Thank you, Thank you very much. And if you put me back in the White House, their reign is over. Their reign will be over. And they know it. And America will be a free nation once again. We're not a free nation right now. We don't have free press. We don't have free anything. In 2016, I declared, I am your voice. Today, I add, 
I am your warrior. I am your justice. And for those who have been wronged and betrayed, I am your retribution. I am your retribution. to the flag of the United States of America. to the republic for which it stands. One nation under God Indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Donald Trump says, I'm your retribution. That, uh, that meant a lot to me because I want retribution for this, for the abuses and usurpations that we have suffered during the last three years, including the lie about COVID's origins and the absolutely unconstitutional nonsense that wrecked our country uh, caused by liars in government. Retribution is a good word. And I want retribution for uh, these political prisoners that we have in Washington, D.C. Now that we know inside the Capitol it was peaceful. Why would there be so much violence outside and none inside unless the goal was to get Trump protesters into the Capitol? where they could be charged with things like trespassing or interrupting a government procedure or meeting. In fact, tomorrow, I don't even like to say it because I'll be arrested. Well, let's not say it. We need, we need to go, I'll say it. We need to go in to the Capitol. Huh. Let's go! So I'm going to put it out there. I'm probably going to go to jail for it. Tomorrow, we need to go into the Capitol. Into the Capitol. Peacefully. Fed, 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 peacefully. Okay, folks, grab the word. As soon as the president starts speaking, we go to the Capitol. The Capitol is this direction. We are going to the 
Yeah, is a Fed, is a plant. The goal was to get Trump supporters into the Capitol. Duh. That's why there was no violence inside the Capitol. The violence was outside. And for a number of reasons. One of them, the crowd had been infiltrated, by the way. Yeah, had been infiltrated by the left. I can say that. And, and, and by the way, here, let me see if I can find this real quick. The uh, police chief of the, uh, the Capitol Police did an interview yesterday. Let me find him here. Hold on one second. I got it. I got it. Promise. Um, and he says that happened. I got to find it real quick here. Right, let me, while, I'm, while I'm looking for that, let's, let's go ahead and, uh, and play a couple of other things here, including uh, Joseph McBride. He is a uh, lawyer representing many of the uh, January the 6th prisoners. Here's what he had to say yesterday about Tucker Carlson picking up the video that the uh, January 6th committee left on the cutting room floor that exonerates a lot of the uh, good share and almost most of the Capitol protesters. Yes, unequivocally, some of them will benefit. We are already aware of information that has not been provided up until this point, meaning that the Department of Justice had two years to provide all of the information that we have been asking for. They sat on it and they deliberately withheld it from us. They never imagined in a million years that the Speaker of the House would say, hey, guess what, American public? Guess what, Tucker Carlson? Guess what, Joe McBride? Take a look at this video footage that you've been denied. The idea that Brady evidence has been withheld from my clients and from other January 6th clients at large is not an imaginatory comment. I am not being hyperbolic when I say when I say this. Double the amount of CCTV footage has been made available to us. There is no question that exculpatory evidence will be available in that swath of video footage. And for the people who have already gone to trial, just think about Jacob Chansley, what he was accused of, being the face of the insurrection, the face yeah. of this movement. We saw him getting entrapped, getting led around by Capitol Police yesterday. That video should exonerate him. He is not well, alone you, in this. Yeah, Donald Trump says, by the way, that uh, January 6th prisoners uh, should be freed uh, and those who put them there should be jailed. And I agree 100,000%. A little bit more from uh, this uh, lawyer, Joseph McGregor. McBride representing many of the January the 6th defendants. He was not violent. Look, you have two types of entrapment. Old school entrapment where an officer willfully induces you to commit a crime and entrapment by estoppel where a member of the public relies on a representation from a member of government to think that something is okay. When you are being, when you are receiving a tour of the interior of the United States Capitol, when you say, hey, can I see there the Holy of Holies, the Senate chamber, this room and that room backstage passes when they are taking you around yeah. and showing you everything yeah. the inference is that you've been given permission the idea that that man was charged for that crime is objectionable and it is wrong it is clearly entrapment yeah. by estoppel and they need to appeal wow. did he say gestapo i think he said gestapo I think that would be appropriate. Here is Stephen's son he was the capitol police chief on that day talking about what happened Provided I can get it to play. Hold on one second. Let me try it again. Uh-huh. <sighs> All right. One more time. Here it is. This is Stephen Sund. Well, I find that concerning. I find concerning the um, memorandum that's put in place restricting any uh, National Guard from carrying any civil disobedience equipment. Um, but I think the mayor's, uh, mayor's letter goes hand-in-hand hand with what Speaker Pelosi didn't want to see the, the stormtroopers out on the streets. Uh, so it really tied our hands. 
uh, that day. And, you know, looking back at the way you started in, into this talk about the January 6th committee, what people need to realize is the restrictions I had as the chief. And ask yourself why the January 6th committee never uh, requested that I come and publicly testify. Huh, Think about that. Weird. I'm the chief of the Capitol Police. Huh. To have me come down and publicly testify before the January 6th committee because I think they were concerned. It would begin to show what went on in the 6th, what went on the days leading up to the 6th, huh. and what was the involvement of political leadership and their appointees. Yeah, and by the way, the Capitol Police were hung out to dry, by the way, because I, I believe that Nancy Pelosi and others knew that there were going to be bad actors in the crowd and Capitol Police would have to go up against them. And if they lost a few uh, sacrificial lambs to energy, in, in injury or whatnot, that was fine. The goal was getting people into the Capitol. More from the police chief. January 3rd, the morning of January 3rd, I went over to see uh, uh, Paul Irving at 9.34 a.m. in the morning to request the National Guard. Mm -hmm. uh, the final intelligence assessment didn't come out to the evening of January 3rd. It uh, was pretty much reviewed maybe on the 4th. But you got to understand, that intelligence assessment didn't even indicate the level of threat that we now know uh, existed. The significant le uh, threat that was out there, the fact that the, the FBI was tracking 18 domestic um, uh Terrorist suspects. What, 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 what? The FBI literally knew that 18 terrorist suspects were coming to Washington, D.C. to infiltrate the crowd? Uh, threat that was out there, the fact that the, the FBI was tracking 18 domestic um, uh, terrorist suspects that were coming to the Capitol. I'm not even a journalist, and I'm way ahead of everybody on this. The crowd was infiltrated. They wanted people to get into the building, and if a few Capitol Police officers got beaten up, then so be it. But once people were inside, they showed that they were Trump supporters, and they didn't wreck a damned thing. Unbelievable. Let's take a break and come back. This is The Rob Carson Show. Time to put Nancy, Joe, Chuck, Bernie, and Mitch in a retirement home. Rest well and rest easy. You deserve it. It's The Rob Carson Show. That yes, there was a pro-Trump rally at which the president spoke, and you can we can absolutely talk about all the things the president said there. But the idea that that rally is the thing that got out of hand and that somehow resulted in the breaching of the Capitol, that rally was very far from the Capitol. Yep. Huh. And the people who, as you say, did the initial breach that allowed everybody else to come in, they never even went to that rally. Well, that's kind of weird, isn't it? And then I just played the fact that uh, the uh, former chief of police at the Capitol said that the FBI knew 18 known terrorists, domestic ter terrorists, were coming to the Capitol. And if I'm not mistaken, those domestic terrorists were exclusively members of Black Lives Matter and Antifa uh, because uh, it, during the election cycle the summer of 2020, they burned the country. Yeah. It was all about getting Trump supporters into the building, and they didn't care if a few heads were cracked. And I am saying this about Nancy Pelosi and the deep state and people like Mitch McConnell and the DOJ and the FBI. The FBI, by the way, same FBI that covered up Hunter Biden's laptop before the election, same FBI who uh, created a Russia collusion hoax in the 2016 election. I, you can't even begin to say how bloody, stinking, corrupt this government is. And I think I need to laugh. I need to laugh. Know that these people are going to go down in history and hopefully in jail. That committee has been exposed when Tucker shows showed those videos. Jim Gossett, Mitch is whining, 
Schumer screaming. Sing along. If you think we're done, then you're dreaming. It was a whole scam. Just a whole scam. Liz Cheney's whole scam. You have no soul, man. And now you're gone. The narrative just fell apart. A pack of lies from the very start. January 6th, committee don't have squat. And now big trouble, that's what they got. It was a whole scam. Election soul scam. Nancy, your old man. Damage control, man. And now you're out. It was a whole scam. Uh, yeah. Just a whole scam. I wish I knew how to play the harmonica like Dan Eckert. That would have been really good. I'll just do the uh, the bass part there, though. Uh, by the way, former RNC chair Michael Steele, which is, I mean, wow. He said this on MSNBC. He said that uh, uh, Fox, <laughs> Fox uh, Tucker Carlson said, uh, he said Tucker Carlson's a demonic sycophant. He described Trump as a demonic force, a destroyer. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this is fantastic. Steele said demonic force. That means Tucker must be possessed or Tucker is one of those demonic creatures that enable that force. I tend to go for the latter. Uh, dude, you're the one who sold your soul. <laughs> you're, you're the guy who sold your soul. I, I was behind. I was backstage uh, meeting Rush Limbaugh about what, 12, 15 years ago, and you were there. Uh, he was there. Michael Steele was there. Hey, Rob, how are you? Hey, nice to meet you. Because he heard about me on the radio. This is before I was even a conservative talk show host. He just knew that I wrote for Rush Limbaugh. And uh, so I, I would. before I throw around the demonic thing, uh, you've got to consider you're working for MSNBC, and you used to be the head of the RNC. Uh, I'm thinking the soul-selling happened on your part. I'm just, you know, I'm just throwing this out there. Just, just throwing this out there. Just throwing this out there. Oh, oh, uh, Alejandro Mayorkas. By the way, uh, the DHS, and I'll just say this, the DHS needs to be, it just needs to go away. They need to defund it. They need to shut it down. Everybody in there will give a little severance package, and you're done. Because the DHS has been used and, and to brutalize Americans. That's it. Uh, Department of Disinformation, anyone? Anyone at all? And it goes on and on and on. And the more it's exposed, and I've exposed it on the show, the more you're going to know that this agency is evil. It is a domestic CIA. The Department of Homeland Security has been operating a shady, covert domestic intelligence program for years. One employee claims, run like a corrupt government. The DHS program, called the Overt Human Intelligence Collection Program, for years has granted officials the ability to bypass lawyers and conduct intelligence interviews with individuals held in local jails and federal prisons. Okay? Yeah. Uh, as Intelligence Committee Climate uh, Survey analysts from fiscal year 2020 revealed that a significant number of respondents cited concerns with politicization of analytic products and or the perceptions of undue influence that may compromise the integrity of the work performed by employees. This concern touches on, this sounds com complicated, analytic topics, the review process, and the appropriate safeguards in place to uh, protect against due influence, meaning they were on one side of the equation. 
All right. A number of respondents in the agency expressed concerns with the quality and effectiveness uh, of leadership and the inability to resist political pressure, meaning they are a political organization. I've got more on this. Also, Alejandro Mayorkas is still denying there is a, a problem with the southern border. That is coming up, but we do have a special guest coming up. Doug Collins, former congressman, ranking minority member, joins us to talk about all of this. Don't go anywhere. country and are in down with freedom of speech maybe you should move down to cuba it's the rob carson show rupert murdoch who has admitted they were lies and said he regretted it has a special obligation to stop tucker carlson from going on tonight now that he's seen how he has perverted and slimed the truth and from letting him go on again and again and again not because their views deserve such a program, but because our democracy depends on it. Yeah, our democracy depends on it. You know, selective video editing is only acceptable when it comes from the left. Joining us on the uh, Newsmax hotline, Doug Collins, former congressman from Georgia, ranking minority member, House Judiciary Committee, also a lieutenant colonel of the U.S. Air Force Reserves, host of the Doug Collins podcast. Uh, I'm not sure exactly. I think he drives for Uber, uh, but he's on the phone. Hi there, Doug. How are you, man? <laughs> I'm doing good. Hey, I got some news for you, though, too, Rob. I was uh, just recently picked up a full bird. So I may, I am now uh, be pinning on full bird kernel here pretty soon. So so I'm, I'm personally excited about that. So, you know, in addition to Uber, in addition to everything else, yeah, you know, you, I have to add in something, you know. <laughs> well, very good. So we we got a ton of stuff to get to today. What do you think about the uh, the well thus far the uh, the January six tapes that have been uh, unleashed by uh, Tucker Carlson and the reaction from by the way the left and the and the right uh, uh, GOP and uh, and uh, Democrats like Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer. What what are, you, what are your thoughts so far today? Well, I think so far I think what it shows is is it, uh, is that when you keep things you don't fully show the full thing taking good bad whatever you want to call it but when you're when you when you're perceived as keeping things back there's going to be a backlash and and this is exactly what is happening once you know those tapes were out there um and then when you and i like what you just said a minute ago this you know selective showing and if they accuse tucker of selective showing i mean well january 6th was selective showing was it a bad you know was this a very bad event yes it was a bad event did people do yeah. stuff wrong yes they did stuff wrong and but the problem is is now people are doubting because they feel like that they were not shown everything, and this was the problem of having a one-sided, you know, committee that, in the end, was going to be it was going to be perceived as political, no matter what you did. Well, I don't think there's any doubt it was political. There was no cross-examination allowed whatsoever. There was no any uh, opposing evidence. And we found out from the videotapes on Monday that one man, at least one man, is in prison on false charges, and that is uh, Jacob Hensley, the QAnon shaman. He literally was doing selfies outside with Nancy Pelosi's son-in-law filming a documentary. I posted it yesterday on social media. Uh, Glad-handing the shaman, who's supposed to be this violent, uh, 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 trying to overthrow the government. And then we also find out he was toured through the building and allowed let into the senate chamber where he led a prayer for the police so i would say at minimum that was a massive lie well again and that's exactly rob you're exactly right i mean this is what this is the kind of things that, that have made the the whole determination of this go from a perspective of where you you give the people 
complete transparency. You give them the, the, all the, the evidence. You give them everything that's out there and to say, okay, how do we make this better? You know, look, we, we go back on, I'm not just saying these videotapes. I mean, go back to the fact that the January 6th commission, uh, investigative committee never even questioned Democrats such as Nancy Pelosi, Steny Hoyer, and others who were in charge of security. The speaker's office is in charge of that. But they were never even asked to testify, even staff members. This is why people, this is why this makes it even far worse and, and will continue to drone on and, and divide us further. That's why, you know, the, the, the complacency is out there of people worrying about their government. They see this kind of stuff and they say, what's the use? Yeah, and I'll tell you also, uh, Stephen Sun, the former Capitol Hill police chief, was not called to testify. Uh, last night, Tucker shared a, uh, uh, a lieutenant in, uh, no, beyond lieutenant, had been with the Capitol Police Force for 22 years. He actually took a hold of the reins and got senators out of the chambers, uh, and he was being ignored, and he wasn't called to testify. So I am going to stick by my uh, opinion, which my opinions have always been right on this stuff. This was a kangaroo court. This was going after Donald Trump. This was meant to stop Donald oh. Trump from running. From running again. Now, where were you, by the way, on uh, on January the sixth? I, I haven't asked you that. Air Force. I was actually on duty. <laughs> you were on duty. Okay, okay. You were active. I wasn't. I wasn't in Congress. I was. So I was actually. Actually, I was on Air Force duty that day and found out a lot of it. You know, after the fact and a little bit because I was on act, actually uh, active duty. Let me ask you a subject that is not off. I mean, it's off topic, but uh, what's going on with Buckhead? What's what's going on with Atlanta? Buckhead desperately trying to break away, like uh, you know, like some counties in Idaho, from a uh, you know uh, a problematic left leaning city. Uh, is that is that done? I, I had heard that it sounds like they may have killed the uh, the uh, process. Uh, do you do you know anything about that right now? Yeah, yeah, they did. They killed it for this year. Uh. I have a real problem. I have a real problem. And, and this okay, is why I have a problem with them not letting Buckhead at least vote. Okay, the same, last year when they killed this in the legislature last year, the same legislature approved three other cities, one closer to Atlanta in the in the Fulton County to Cap County areas, and then a couple outside where uh, groups who had petitioned who wanted to form their own cities were allowed to vote to form their own cities. Uh, we've done this since Republicans got back into control, well, got in control. We never had it for hundred. 40-something years, but back in the early 2000s, there have been a lot of cities made in North Fulton, which is the main predominant county of Atlanta, and then DeKalb uh, that have been made. This one is one because it is a high-value area, so very wealthy communities, and they frankly are just saying, look, we're not getting the services, and yeah. you're taking the money from us, and we're not getting it. I, you know, again, I get some of the arguments, but the problem is this is a left city that is not wanting to make a correction, and the governor and the, and killed it by some of his own you know, constitutional statements saying that we're concerned about this. But yet at the same time, he signed three other bills last year that actually uh, allowed to the, begin the process of forming a new city. I, again, I think this is where people get frustrated is, you know, there could be arguments made. Well, then give it to the voters, let the voters decide. Yeah. And in the city of Atlanta, why don't the city of Atlanta fix these issues? Yeah, well, it's uh, because they're run by Democrats and they will never fix it because they always need people in perpetual need. They always need a perpetual crisis. It's happening in places like Baltimore. Uh, and Baltimore has descended even further. They want the bloody tax base, but they could give a rat's behind about the people of Buckhead. The same goes with our federal government. They aren't paying attention to people in East Palestine. They aren't paying attention to people in, in Baltimore. They aren't paying people attention to people in uh, St. Louis. All they want is a means of production and taxation. That's what it's all about. That's what 
what the left does, Doug. And uh, and yep. it, you know as well as I do, Atlanta's the same damn way. The school system in Atlanta has been screwed for years. Uh, more than a decade ago, there was massive cheating uh, with regard to, to standardized testing to make the grades look better. And the same crap goes on in Democrat-run cities everywhere. And I don't blame Buckhead for saying, you know what, we're done with this crap. And it's a, yep. it's a damn shame that they can't vote on it themselves because they're, they're paying for the malfeasance of the idiots in charge in Atlanta. Well, and, and I think that's your whole issue. It, it, I, I go back on a lot of these and simply saying, don't let the people decide. The, the, the anti-city of Buckhead folks would have every opportunity to make their case and their argument about why this would be bad and what Atlanta could do to get better. Just as the pro-Buckhead people would say, hey, look, we've tried for years to fix this. The only reason some of this is being discussed is because we're doing it. But that's what, you know, this, this idea of, of governance should look like. And, and just frankly right now because of multitude of reasons and mainly that the left is desperate because they feel the city of Atlanta would basically go out uh, because it's, they won't have the argument. And unfortunately, it's been blocked. And this is a – this I mean, I, again, no matter where you fall on it, it's hard to say why. And I heard one legislator actually say that this is a this is a – it was something to the quote of the effect of sometimes you have to make decisions in spite of uh, four people um, because you, uh, because just you just have better information. That, that was actually a quote uh, or, or attempted quote. Yeah, yeah, and we've got information, and we'll only let you have so much of it, and the rest of it we'll just kind of keep like, you know, they did with the videotape in uh, uh, January the 6th. Let me ask you about uh, what's going on with uh, the lab leak in Wuhan. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, it's funny because two government agencies, including the FBI, Christopher Wray literally said, oh, yeah, we've known it's from the Wuhan lab, kind of like they did with Hunter Biden's laptop, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> we've known forever. And and the, and the left and, and uh, people, you know, in the government are saying, oh, yeah, only two agencies are saying that it came from Wuhan. It's not a consensus, to which I say, there doesn't have to be a consensus. The EPA doesn't need to have an opinion on it, or, you know, whatever agency doesn't need to have an opinion on it. If two major government agencies say, oh, yeah, it came from Wuhan, maybe you might consider further investigating and then going after China for destroying the economy, uh, even if it was unintentional, and, and then go after the people who funded it including Anthony Fauci. What are your thoughts about what's coming out? And I know I know a bunch of stuff's going to come out today. Go ahead. Well, yeah, there's more coming out of it. And I think this is the problem that you have. Is it, What really disturbs me is, is not necessarily that, you know, the, the, it, it, it disturbs in a way of wanting to, you know, the point we, we, I mean, most of us knew early on, this, look, this probably came out of a, of a lab. It just, it didn't fit the other uh, scenarios that we had seen from other viruses came out. But what bothers me is, is these meetings early in February of 2020, in yeah. which these were being said, and then all of a sudden they have a meeting with Fauci and other virologists who all of a sudden give this sanitized version of what they believe actually happened. And the concern is, is what were they covering up? And I think you just hit on that either, you know, as well, because we found out in the three years since that they were giving money for uh, this uh, uh, kind of research going on. Why were yeah. they not being safe? And, again, it's not just what our agency says. Look at what some of the world opinion and intelligence on this as well that have been trending to say, hey, look, this was China, this was a leak. And as you said, even unintentional, there's price to pay for this. But we've got to have unanimity to say we're not worried about hurting people's feelings. We're worried about the truth to figure out how this could never happen again.
Well, I, I um, uh, Donald Trump said in his uh, speech at CPAC that he is our retribution, and I'm going to tell you, right. Doug, I want I want retribution for these abuses and these usurpations uh, with regard to January the sixth, with regard to the southern border, with regard to the fentanyl crisis. Uh, let me ask you about this because uh, Joe Biden is hinting he might do something about the cartels after four Americans were kidnapped, two murdered for just being in Mexico. A poor woman was down there to get a tummy tuck and she had a friend and two other friends she was loaded into the back of the pickup with the dying bodies of two of her friends and this is all because we have a stinking open uh southern border we have funded the cartels to the tune of billions and now they are having an all-out war what would you suggest that we do with regard to mexico i agree with those that have been calling and say it's time to treat the cartels as as a terrorist organization it's time to, to look at it from that perspective. And if Mexico is not going to do anything about it or incapable of doing anything about it, then, you know, there's some special opera, you know, there's some things that we could do. Because, again, what's concerning here is what you're saying. This is just growing. And I believe that Joe Biden, the sec- and this is going to sound harsh, but Afghanistan, I will say, will, will continually be his worst of the worst. Uh, of what he did to us yeah. on the national state, on the international state. But the, the open border is a very close second, if not 1A, and that will be a legacy that he can't live down. Now this gives him an opportunity, and I've heard you know, the political side of this, well, now we'll go after it. Well, no, they've known this is happening for years, and you've got a, a press secretary who says we're at the lowest level of fentanyl ever, which is just an outright lie. You've, I mean, for every fentanyl we're catching, they're more than, than we are missing getting away. But this, we need to treat this as a, I think, as a national security issue yeah. because they're involved in our states already. We're seeing this happen, and it's, it's maybe time to take the head off the, the snake on this one. Yeah, I want to see some painted targets and some kabooms. That's what I want to see, Doug Collins. <laughs> yeah, I, I think you. I think you would definitely raise the the advantage. That would be for sure. Yeah, that, that should be the, uh, the the slogan. Kaboom. That's what we tell Mexico. Kaboom. <laughs> Doug Collins, I, I greatly appreciate you joining me on the show. I know you're on Twitter at Rep Doug Collins. Uh, and also tell people where they can find your show. Anywhere they go on my podcast. Uh, Spotify, Apple, any of them. Just look for uh, the Doug Collins podcast. Go on there, click on it. You're ready to go. Do you do uh, guests on your podcast? We do. We do guests. We do long really? interviews. There's a pretty awesome guy named Rob Carson on the radio. You might consider that guest. Oh, oh, I'm glad Rob brought that up because I've asked, Rob, when's your people going to get me done today? All right, I'll I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Between you and me, I'll do it. Thanks for for joining me, bro. It's always great to have you on, always enlightening, and and I just feel privileged to be able to have you on the show. Rob, it's always good to talk to you, my friend. Take care. All right, let's take a break. It's the Rob Carson Show. Opinions are easy. Entertaining? Not so much. It's the Rob Carson Show. So if uh, Mitch McConnell and uh, Chuck Schumer are on the same side of something and you uh, are on the other side, uh, I'll just go ahead and say it. You're the one who knows the truth. Was it a mistake by Speaker McCarthy to give access to President Paulson on this security footage? My uh, concern is how it was depicted, which is a different issue. Clearly... The chief of the Capitol Police, in my view, correctly describes 
what most of us witnessed firsthand. Yeah, but why were there no violence inside the Capitol? Why did it only happen outside the Capitol when we know, and the FBI knew, 18 known terrorists were coming to Washington, D.C. to infiltrate the crowd? It's like they just wanted people in the building. Kind of entrapment. It's a Mitch world when I run to the cameras and I lie about January 6th. I can rely on the rhinos, honey. I can rely on the rhinos, honey. So <laughs> you, you know yes. that video Tucker's showing <laughs> proves that I'm full of crap. The truth is out, and now there's no doubt that I've been exposed. The case is closed, and I ought to be hosed. But it's a Mitch world when you side with Schumer and you stay in power anyway. I can rely on the rhinos, honey. I can rely on the rhinos, honey. It's a Mitch world, Mitch world. when you're owned by China and you do their bidding every day. Every day. I can rely on the Chinese money. I can rely on the Chinese money. It's <laughs> fantastic. That is, of course, from uh, Jim Gossett, and uh, wow, wow, wow. Uh, if you get the chance to uh, check out Jim Gossett, uh, he has a Patreon page. It's called uh, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, dot com uh, slash uh, Jim Gossett Comedy. I thought you should uh, you should check that out. If you support him, that would be uh, that would be huge. It would be greatly appreciated. So um, uh, Alejandro Mayorkas is the head of the DHS. He is, um, I-, I personally believe, the most corrupt individual that we have ever uh, seen in government, to be quite honest. I I think he is the absolute um, uh, epitome of everything that is wrong with uh, with government and and the DHS. By the way, the DHS is a very 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 corrupt organization. The DHS is uh, uh, the they created a disinformation bureau. They have abused their power massively in the country to create basically a uh, a CIA for American citizens who disagree with the government. Okay, this is this is exactly what Joseph Stalin did. This is absolutely Joseph Stalin created a disinformation bureau. Uh, that's what Alejandro Mayorkas wanted to do with the DJ, DHS, and by the way, that's only on hold. That's why I say this little man needs to uh, be uh, indicted, uh, convicted, and tried, uh, uh, tried and convicted, and, uh, and the DHS needs to go away. One of the reasons is this jackweed is also in charge of the southern border, and here he is with Christian Obenpoor denying still, that there is a border crisis. Many of your opponents call it a border crisis. Do you consider it a crisis in the Biden administration? Christian, the, the, the issues that we have are extraordinarily diverse. You know, I spoke about extreme weather events. I spoke about cyber... Um, California and Florida just had really extreme weather events, and yet people are still coming here. Your argument is specious. Security, you and I have now exchanged about the threat of adverse nation states. Uh, that seek to infringe on our and other countries' sovereignty. You know, 20 years ago when our... Um, It's policy. Your policy is causing the southern border. ...department was created. It was the foreign terrorist. We now have the challenge of a domestic violent extremist. Ah, there you go. So it was foreign terrorists, and then it became domestic violent extremists. 
Now, what was the first group in the Biden administration to be declared domestic violent extremists? Parents who disagree with CRT and Trump supporters. When we speak about the border, we have to put it in context that this is not a challenge, and it is indeed a challenge, not a challenge exclusive to the United States. You know, Chile uh, just deployed its military. I don't even give a rat's behind about Chile. You're the guys who did it. You're the guys who have allowed it. You have invited everybody into the country wholesale. Don't pin this on somebody else. I can't wait for your trial date. Let's take a break and come back. It's the Rob Carson Show. Ah, mm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. And we have our uh, number three right ahead of us. Uh, tons of uh, tons of material. Tons of stuff to get to. Lots of stuff with regard to the origins of COVID and, and the, uh, the bandages off the scab. Okay, maybe not the best analogy in the world. So, um, uh, Newsmax, by the way, and uh, obviously we talk a lot about Newsmax. I have a show on Newsmax called Rob Carson's What in the World? And uh, uh, it's grown by leaps and bounds across the country. But a lot of people are looking for um, people they can trust in the news media. And uh, some of your favorite personalities, some of your favorite networks probably let you down uh, by, you know, I don't know, uh, claiming that the election was over on election night when five battleground states said that they stopped counting the votes in 2020. And, you know, that's, that's that sort of stuff, you know, or maybe like uh, just deciding not to feature Donald Trump on your network anymore. And so, uh, consequently, the, the networks that do hold true to their values and uh, conservative values, like Newsmax, are under fire. We're just taken off of DirecTV. We hope to get back on because, you know, what you guys did. When DirecTV kicked us off, well, let me just put it this way. About 50,000 people who subscribed uh, made trash out of their uh, their DirecTV dishes. They said, now nah, we're just going to eh, forget it. Just get it off my roof. No big deal. So that was cool. You know, that helped. And they lost $12 billion in stock value. So uh, hopefully they are reconsidering. I hear they are. And when they do, we'll celebrate. But in the meantime, if you want to watch Newsmax, it's free on streaming. You can go to Samsung Plus, Roku, where I watch every day on my smart TV, uh, Zumo, Pluto, Vizio, Apple, and, and, and the free Newsmax app on the phone. I watch Newsmax on the phone all the time. And what I'll do in my car, if I ride Rob Schmidt's on, I'll just, uh, you know, connect the, the uh, Bluetooth in the car, listen to Rob Schmidt. Not watch him while I'm driving, obviously. But anyway, a Newsmax is real news for real people, and 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 a lot of people have become very aware of Newsmax because of you know what the uh, Directv people at AT and T decided they'd do to us. So there you go. Um, uh, before we dive into some things, couple couple of things I want to get out of the way. Um, one is that hold on one second. New polling with regard to Donald Trump. And uh, you would you would assume that since Ron DeSantis just did a state of the state address and uh, you know all this and uh, Ron DeSantis and Ron DeSantis uh, number one on Fox he put him on the other night and played a little bit of a an interview with uh, Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis front and center you'd think that he'd be pulling out but he's not uh, Trump leads DeSantis eleven points in a head to head matchup 
That is the latest uh, with regard to uh, what's going on. A lot of people are, you know, saying that Donald Trump is their dude. And Trump uh, supporters are not going anywhere, by the way. Trump supporters. It's a YouGov survey, by the way. So YouGov survey says that uh, Donald Trump is out in front. And there's nothing against Ron DeSantis. I think he will make a great president in 2028. I really, really do. Uh, let me see what else. Oh, in New Hampshire. In New Hampshire, where we have five affiliate stations. Bam, bam, bam. Uh, hypothetical Republican primary, Emerson College. Um, Trump earns 58% support, followed by Ron DeSantis with 17. The other uh, people in the uh, New Hampshire is uh, uh, Chris Sununa. Really? Well, it's New Hampshire. Um, former, uh, you know, uh, go governor, by the way. Governor. Um, U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley, six. Mike Pence, four. Never be the president. Neither will Nikki Haley. And former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, who will also never be the president. Tim Scott, could be. Maybe not this time. Christy Dome, could be. Maybe not this time. Larry Hogan, never in a billion years. Even uh, Joe Rogan, who is, uh, he likes to call himself a bleeding heart liberal. He's a bleeding heart left-leaning libertarian is what he is. Uh, you know, uh, he, he is. And um, here he is talking about Joe Biden versus Donald Trump, and the choice should be obvious. And I go, I would vote for Trump before I'd vote for Biden, just because I think with Biden, like, he's no, he's, he's gone. Like, you know he's gone. It's, you're going to be relying on his cabinet, and I knew his cabinet would be this sideshow of diversity, <laughs> which is exactly what it is. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that, that one person who stole all the women's clothes, oh, yeah. that Sam Brinton, we, we highlighted on the podcast oh, yesterday, yeah. like, that's a diversity hire. You, you just said, oh, look at this. A man who dresses like a woman. He checks some boxes. Has a beard and a mustache, but also wears lipstick. This is perfect for us. I don't give a f what this guy's good at or bad at. I don't give a f what their credentials are. What? This makes us look like we're inclusive. This makes us look like we're on the right side. So let's let's hire this person. And that those are the you can't have those kind of people running a Ben and Jerry's. You, you <laughs> certainly can't have those kind of people running the most powerful government the world's ever known. No, it's nuts. It's nonsense. No, it it, it, it is exactly, and that's the word. Uh, nonsense is the word you need to use. It is nonsense. We need to turn away. From from nonsense and return to common sense. That's what this year has to be. Oh, and here's some good news for you. Listen to this. Employers, uh, employers are more likely to skip over resumes that include the non-binary they and them pronouns, according to Business.com's latest result. Now, you're saying, it's because you hate gay people. You're a bastard. You know, all that stuff. No, 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 no. Not at all. Not at all. Uh, what uh, employers are saying is, I don't want these high-profile snowflakes on our staff because all they're going to do is try to wreck the place and ultimately we'll have to fire them and probably get sued. Yeah, that's what it's all about, because this is a red flag that this is a uh, completely uh, propagandized uh, snowflake who went through the entire uh, education system learning nonsense, and they don't want to hire them. So as part of its research into non-binary individuals in the work in workforce, Business.com sent nearly identical phantom resumes to 100 AG job postings, except one resume included the non-binary pronouns. Both featured a gender-ambiguous name, Taylor Williams. Could be. Uh, the only difference was the test and control resumes was the uh, presence of the gender pronouns. On some of them, it said they and them. And you know what? If you if you send me anything that it says in your profile that your pronouns are whatever and whatever, I won't even answer it. I won't even look at it, and I'll block you. I'll block you on Twitter. I'll block you on LinkedIn. I'll block you on everything.
There you go. Because I don't give a rat's behind. If you were born with a nina, as I used to explain it to my daughter, a nina, it means you're a girl. And if you were born with a pee-pee, uh, which I told my son, that means you're a boy. So there you go. If you pull this transgender, not transgender, I don't care if you're transgender, you say you're transgender, whatever. But if you pull this nonsense about they, them pronouns on anything coming to me, I will get rid of it. I, you know, where I went to school, Northwest Missouri State who unceremoniously fired the greatest president they've ever had, John Jasinski, and I will not speak there anymore. Some of the professors there in the broadcast department where I went have they-them pronouns on their profile. <coughs> I would never go speak to their class because, honestly, I don't have time for this nonsense. You want to grow up and teach something? Then you grow up and teach something. But uh, apparently... It looks like people who are hiring, when they see this crap on a resume, they won't hire you. So I'm just going to tell you as a warning, you're not in a position to demand anything. You're not in a position to demand what pronoun you're called. You are only in a position to be hired and work your way up. And the only way you can is to work your way up. I feel better. All right. Uh, two other things, and we're going to get into the uh, uh, hearings today with regard to uh, COVID. Now, I don't know if you know this, but it looks like the uh, the uh, Congress has um, poo-pooed this. Uh, uh, it's, it's like a uh, uh, no penalty, low penalty crime bill for Washington D.C. Like so many George Soros uh, uh, prosecutors have allowed to happen in places like New York, they wanted to do the same thing in Washington D.C. They wanted to lessen penalties for a host of different crimes. And isn't it remarkable that Congress could give a rat's behind when New York does that, and they could care less when Baltimore does it, and they could care less. But when it involves congressmen and women driving into the district to do their work, well, they don't want this crap to happen. Isn't that interesting? And Joe Biden didn't even uh, veto the thing. He said it was about the election. No, it wasn't. He knows that these laws only wreck cities. But you see, uh, Democrats and Republicans have to work in D.C. Uh, it, it, it is a metaphor for everything that I've said. Fly to uh, Ukraine and forget about the people of East Palestine. You know, there you go. So the only city they care about, about these idiotic programs where they lessen the, uh, the, uh, the penalties for major crimes, like in Chicago, is when it's in their own backyard. It's, uh, it's pretty remarkable. Here is the D.C. police chief talking about uh, the average murder suspect in Washington, D.C. And if you think this is not a problem, uh, you're a moron. Um, the average person who ultimately is arrested for committing a murder has been arrested 11 times previously on average. Guns off the street. What we got to do, if we really want to see homicides go down, is keep bad guys with guns in jail. Because when they're in jail, they can't, forget knives. can't be in community shooting people. So when people talk about what we're going to do different or what we should do different, what we need to do different, that's the thing that we need to do different. We need to keep violent people in jail right now. Oh, shut up. No way. Really? The average homicide suspect, the average homicide suspect has been arrested 11 times prior to them committing a homicide. That is a problem. That is a problem. So you can uh, lessen the penalties for everything and release people out with no cash bail and all that, as long as it's in New York or Chicago or St. Louis or in uh, you know Baltimore and whatever. But not in D.C. Not in D.C. Here's Corinne Jean-Pierre talking about all the uh, crimes that uh, would uh, not get much of a penalty had this actually passed. I did talk to the team, and we have a couple of things that I just want to lay out for all of you. And on what the D.C. bill does, it reduces maximum penalties. Uh, 
uh, for offenses like murders and other homicides, armed, armed home invasion burglaries, armed, armed carjackings, as I mentioned, armed robberies, unlawful gun possession, and some uh, sexual assault offenses. And how the hell does that do anybody any good? See, that's how insane the Democrat Party is right now. Just bat guano crazy, and they don't care about you. They don't care about you. But when it's in their backyard, it's a problem. Pete Buttigieg laxed out at critics on uh, Sunday, calling Tucker Carlson uh, uh, a member of the East Coast elite. So uh, here's here's uh, Pete Buttigieg uh, attempting to take down uh, Tucker Carlson as being some sort of elite, and he ended up doing it in in like an incredibly fabulous way. I'll just put it that way. He didn't make a very good point of it. You know, like you'd say something like Tucker Carlson's never been to a Walmart before, or you know, something, never lived in a trailer park, which I don't. Uh, I actually might think he might have, but anyway. Here, here's what he said. He said uh, he's been slammed for being on unannounced parental leave during the cargo crisis and all that, and, of course, uh, uh, East Palestine. Here's what he said on Sunday. It's really rich to see some of these folks, the former president, these Fox hosts, who are literally lifelong card-carrying members of the East Coast elite, whose top ep- economic policy priority has always been tax cuts for the wealthy, and who wouldn't know their way around. Are you, are you listening to this? This is how it gets all fabulous. Uh, wouldn't know their way around a TJ Maxx in their life if they their life depended on it to be presenting themselves uh, as if they genuinely care about the forgetting middle of the country. You think Tucker Carlson knows the difference between a TJ Maxx and a Coles? Mic drop. <laughs> That's his point. He is so down with the average person. You think that Tucker Carlson knows the difference between a TJ Maxx and a Coles? <laughs> Just hilarious. Just hilarious. You know, it's funny. My producer, Ken, who's great, and I, I call him uh, Redneck MacGyver just because he figured out how to take his – I've got an electric bike, uh, uh, you know, one of those with a little electric motor. Mountain bike has that. And he got one, too, and he figured out how to get rid of the governor and make it go 50 miles an hour without pedaling. Uh, I'm, I'm not kidding. So uh, <laughs> he said, he said Tucker is a uh, – he's a redneck. I mean, he is, he's a hunter. He's all this. And last night – I swear to God, are you ready? Last night he cuts back from a second. Segment, and he was putting a pinch between his cheek and gum. Maybe it was a pouch, but he literally was doing it. He, do, he chews, he hunts. Don't think that he's some sort of East Coast elite uh, because it, it, down inside he's a redneck. <laughs> Let's take a break and come back. Lots on the, uh, on the COVID front and the lies. This is the Rob Carson Show. Sleepy Joe. Joe Biden's been asleep for years. This has to be a wake-up call and shine a bright spotlight on anything like this behavior anywhere. It's the Rob Carson Show. Oh, by the way, I have a new and improved email. Are you ready? Just write it down. You don't even need to, uh, unless you're Joe Biden. Uh, Carson at Newsmax.com. What? Yeah, you know, uh, Carson at Newsmax.com. That's what we're going to go with is Carson at Newsmax.com. So if you want to write me, uh, you can do it there. Uh, real quick before we get into this uh, uh, testimony, uh, Robert Redfield used to be the uh, CDC director before uh, the buffoon that is there now um, during the Trump administration, uh, talking with uh, Representative Nicole Maliotakis about where the uh, virus came from. And by the way, he said immediately, oh, yeah, it, it wasn't animal to human. It was made in a lab. So we'll get to that here. But uh, by the Biden regime is considering vaccinating chickens in response to the bird flu outbreak to boost Biden's political fortunes, apparently, could destroy the poultry industry. 
and harm humans. So, uh, no. But uh, this is from Cullen Leinbarger, by the way. The, uh, there is no evidence that bird flu known as H5N1 presents a serious threat to the human population. Still, there are concerns that the virus could mutate to spread person to person. According to the New York Times, Biden sees the rising cost of eggs along with inflation in general as a severe threat to his reelection. Plus, his brain doesn't work. There is that. And he's 80 years old. And uh, dementia doesn't get better. Other than that, he's perfect for the be the president. So anyway, Biden thinks that uh, mass vaccination campaign could provide uh, uh, relief to households to help his political futures. University vaccination campaign could cause trade restrictions so severe it could devastate the poultry industry. They want to vaccinate the stinking chickens. Yeah. Mass vaccinating birds also has a potential to reduce the severity of avian influenza but not halt transmission. Well, that sounds familiar, doesn't it? In fact, it sounds exactly like the COVID uh, 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 vaccine. Furthermore, vaccinating every bird could potentially create immune evasive variants. I'm not making this up. It would do the same thing that it did to us. Maybe they should have used the chickens as guinea pigs before they did it to us. So uh, there is evidence that vaccines are causing the COVID-19 virus to mutate or, you know, they just made mutations like the guy from Pfizer said they wanted to do. Further, vaccinating every chicken against H5N1 would take years limiting any potential benefit of mass vaccination. And there are 6 billion chickens in America, by the way, per year. That's how many chickens we go through. So what they're going to do, I think the next thing they need to do is they need to have some safeguards in place. For instance, maybe six feet of uh, separation on a roost, right? Uh, Flocks of no more than eight chickens would be good. And then to mask the chickens. Now, the masks uh, on a chicken, they don't have a nose or they don't have a mouth. They've uh, They've got a beak. So the slogan they're coming up with is cover your pecker. Because the birds have they peck for food, and they go, and so it's, it would like put the mask on your bird's mouth, or put the mask on the bird's you know nose. It's got a beak that it pecks with, and hence that is the advertising slogan that they're floating. That's what I've heard anyway, and I got to tell you, probably a good thing to do. I'm just you know. <laughs> Here's what uh, the FBI director said last week about the origins of COVID. As you note, Brett, uh, the FBI has for quite some time now assessed that the origins of the pandemic are most likely a potential lab incident in Wuhan. They knew it forever, just like that Hunter Biden laptop, probably in the same place, actually, probably in the same drawer. <clears throat> so he, he says it, the, uh, the uh, Department of Energy says it, and uh, there's no consensus, but two major government uh, agencies say it is, so it is. You don't need a consensus. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, more than half of Americans say COVID-19 was created in the lab. Yeah, making it by far the most widely accepted amount of how the deadly pathogen came about in the central Chinese city of Wuhan. And do you know why uh, at least, well, more than 50, 54% say that they know it came from the Wuhan lab? Because uh, 54% of us aren't stupid. Yeah, there's that. This is uh, Congresswoman uh, Nicole Maliotakis talking to uh, Robert Redfield, a former CDC director, about where the uh, virus came. Dr. Fauci was affirmatively told, told in an email that uh, NIAID had a monetary relationship with the Wuhan 
uh, Institute through yeah. uh, EcoHealth Alliance. Yeah. He, he was told this in January 27th of 2020. Do you think that Dr. Fauci intentionally lied under oath to Senator Paul when he vehemently denied NIH's funding of gain-of-function research? I think there's no doubt that NIH was funding gain-of-function research. What? Is it likely that American tax dollars funded the gain-of-function research that created this virus? I think it did, not only from NIH, but from the State Department, USAID, and from DOD. Wow. Just wow. For lack of a better cliche, that is a mic drop, ladies and gentlemen, or a mask drop, or a syringe drop, or whatever. I got more on the other side of this break. Here's the number, 800-922-6680. This is The Rob Carson Show. His first grade teacher said he talked out of turn. Worse after he's missed a day. Well, things haven't changed. It's The Rob Carson Show. In January 27th of 2020, do you think that Dr. Fauci intentionally lied under oath to Senator Paul when he vehemently denied NIH's funding of gain-of-function research? I think there's no doubt that NIH was funding gain-of-function research. Is it likely that American tax dollars funded the gain-of-function research that created this virus? I think it did, not only from NIH, but from the State Department, USAID, and from DOD. I'm out of time. Thank you very much. That is uh, former CDC Director Robert Redfield and uh, Twitter. I want to thank um, uh, uh, Vigilant Fox. They put up that uh, video clip of Nicole Maliotakis uh, questioning the uh, former CDC Director. Now, uh, one of the things that I do well is I uh, you know, I don't remember I won't remember your name five minutes later but you know I remember stuff and and when something hits me hard and and uh, like for instance this nonsense with regard to COVID <clears throat> and the lie that's been perpetrated on the American people I followed this from day one I was back in February of 2020 going there this doesn't add up there's something very wrong and I remember I saved this article right here this article right here and uh this is a piece by lawrence uh, richard and uh, cdc director robert redfield at the time was a cdc director i believe this was in october of 2020 before the election uh was uh, was asked if it was possible that somebody admitted uh in the hospital and listed as dying from covid uh, covid uh, might have actually <clears throat> not had COVID, just had covid but didn't die of it were there people admitted to hospital with something other than COVID that died or were treated uh, and they went ahead and treated them for COVID because they tested positive or they put on the death certificate, they died of COVID rather than dying with. Now, you'll recall Lena Wynn, who was a major MSNBC, CNN uh, uh, contributor, who you haven't seen hide nor hair since uh, she said this, said that, oh, yeah, of course they were overinflating the number of deaths and the number of people who died with COVID and not of COVID. And why was that? Well, according to this piece that I saved right here from 2020, uh, CDC director said that um, there is a perverse incentive for hospitals to overcount COVID deaths. Okay, so uh, uh, Republican Congressman Blaine Luchtmeyer asked about a perverse incentive for medical folks to claim that somebody died of COVID versus an automobile accident, for instance. And he said, I think you're correct, by the way. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, somebody might have a heart attack, but also might have COVID. He said it more than three years ago. Well, it was about three years ago. And I said, huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. 
And, of course, I've been uh, proven right. Proven right. Here is a little bit more from uh, Nicole Maliotakis and Dr. Robert Redfield, former CDC director under Trump. I think uh, just to emphasize, uh, in, in, in early to mid-January, I did have multiple calls with Fauci, Farrar, and, and, and Tedros about how important I thought it was that science get engaged in, in aggressive, aggressively pursuing both hypotheses. I also expressed as a clinical virologist that I felt it was um, not scientifically plausible that this virus went from a bat to humans and became one of the most infectious viruses that we have for humans. Now, that's kind of interesting because Fauci changed the mind of several virologists uh, around that same time, and those same virologists got massive <clears throat> grants from Anthony Fauci not too long uh, thereafter. It's like he almost paid them to uh, shut up about the origins of COVID. Oh, yeah, he did. All viruses are not the same. So when you look at coronaviruses with, for SARS and MERS, for example, when they entered the human species, which they did via an intermediate, they never learned how to go human to human. Even to this day, they don't know how to go human to human. So you can't equate Ebola with a coronavirus. Now, why do, you, why do you think you were excluded from those calls? I, I, because it was, I was told to me that uh, they wanted a single narrative. What? <laughs> I was told they wanted a single narrative, which means you can only say that it came from a bat or a pangolin, but not from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. The coronaviruses for SARS and MERS, wow, for wow, example, wow. when they entered the human species, which they did via an intermediate, yeah. they never learned how to go human to human. Even to this day, they don't know how to Stupid go human virus. to human. So you can't equate Ebola with a coronavirus. Now, why do, you, why do you think you were excluded from those calls? I, I, because it was, I was told to me that uh, they wanted a single narrative and that I obviously had a different point of view. Okay. And oh, emails following the conference. There you go. So there you go. They, he had to agree with them or he wasn't going to be included. I'll start with Dr. Frank. Why, why did you dismiss the lab leak theory? I have always said that the high likelihood is that this is a natural occurrence. <laughs> sure. Fauci's been kung flu lying. A leak I was denying. My story nobody was buying. Because it was kung flu lying. It was a massive cover up about the Wuhan leak. I lied to Rand Paul when the truth he tried to seek. But now it's been confirmed by the DOE. It'll be a piece of cake to pin the blame on me. Fauci had no compunction. This is Jim Gossett, by the way. About using gain of function. It was complete dysfunction. This was no small malfunction. My story I'll be tweaking about the Kung Flu leaking, Kung Flu leaking, Kung Flu leaking. So, uh, yeah, there you go. You, uh, you know, I, I, I uh, would say you've been played, but you haven't. But a lot of people were. And uh, it's all coming out in the wash, as it were. It's all coming out of the wash. A couple of notes to uh, millennials who listen to the radio show. Hello, millennials. And Gen Z, by the way. <clears throat> my son is a Gen Zer, so is my daughter. 
a couple of things you need to be aware of. One thing that's really good for you millennials who are kind of going through your uh, uh, childhood uh, uh, reminiscing, you know, you always look back on your pogs and all the toys of the 90s and whatnot. I, I get it. And I, I grew up in the 70s and, you know, Rock'em Sock'em Robots and uh, uh, Kenner SST Smash Up Derby set and Hot Wheels and Hot Wheels track that was used for your parents to spank you. By the way, the, per- the orange track with the little purple connectors, it was used for spanking. <clears throat> Go get a piece of the track. Okay, all right, Mom. Just don't do the loop. The loop's terrible. So anyway, uh, this is kind of funny. Sonny D is going to go alcoholic. <laughs> Sonny D is going to go alcoholic. This is funny. So Sunny D fans are going wild online. The brand announced it's going to launch a new alcoholic version. By the way, uh, Sunny D launched in 1999. Sales had plummeted because, you know, of all the uh, health uh, warnings about it being sugar with no juice in it. <laughs> <laughs> so what they're doing is they're they're doing a little Sunny D alcohol beverage. So it contains all that. Well, it contains real fruit juice, by the way. That, that's good to know. And uh, sparkling water, a little bit of orange flavor, of course, flavor and vodka. Uh, it's uh, available uh, a, a millennial marketing nostalgia uh, product that uh, is, is apparently people are going crazy for. So there you go, Sunny D. For my kids, it would have to be like a boozy Capri Sun or a boozy juice box, which you know. I don't know if that looks so good, you know, hanging with your bros, you know, just chilling and you get out your juice box full of apple juice and vodka. Probably not a good idea. Probably not a good idea. Oh, also this, uh, again, with you Gen Zers, uh, R.L. Stein. You know those uh, those books, the uh, the scary books that she wrote back in the uh, in the early aughts. Um, apparently, they're trying to. The publisher is uh, taking offensive language out of them. Taken uh, the Goosebumps series. You know the Goosebumps series? B- big with millennials, Gen Z mostly. So 300 million copies they sold of these, and the publisher Scholastic is changing the damned books, which is uh, sacrosanct for any book. I don't care what it is, Dr. Seuss. I don't care what it is. The Bible, of course not, dear God in heaven. But, you know, any, any book, you cannot change the book. Even, you know, you know, books that are offensive. You cannot change the books to suit what you think is offensive. That's bull crap. The author decides that. The publisher doesn't decide anything. How dare you? Even, and I hate to defend, you know, goosebumps. What about your Harry Potter books? You know, we really don't like the fact that uh, Hagrid was made to look so fat. Honestly, shut up. Shut up. Publisher uh, Scholastic has made 100 amendments. Um, and uh, she, this, the publisher, by the way, the, uh, the author of the book, uh, who lives in Ohio apparently, has said that uh, I, I never changed a word in Goosebumps. Any changes were not shown to me. Now, we also know that Roald Dahl's books, they changed books like uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, uh, Penguin did that because they're uh, butthurt about kids being, uh, you know, so put out by uh, you know, possible offensive language. I hate to tell you this. Uh, I got teased about my weight every day from my first day in first grade through my uh, sophomore year in high school when I finally kicked Mike McKee's ass. Uh, and, and honestly, I survived. When I was growing up, they had a line of clothes for fat kids called Huskies. The jeans were called Huskies. Yeah, that's what I had to deal with. And it had a big, a big uh, patch on the back that said Huskies, which would mean you're fat. All right. So I know, I know, I lived in the Middle Ages in the 1970s and early 80s is what it was. But uh, anyway, the publisher of or the the author of uh, Goosebumps, Not Too Crazy. One of the things they're going to do, they're going to change uh, the words plump to cheerful. 
And crazy was silly. You're just so silly. You're not crazy. Scholastic insisted the changes were necessary to protect young children's mental health. Are you out of your bloody minds? Dear God. Another uh, censorship story I think you'll find amusing and infuriating. Book publisher Lady Bird Books is reviewing book content through the use of sensitivity readers to examine stories for problematic content. The publisher, a subsidiary of Penguin, has used the reviewers to look at its back catalog that consists of fairy tales like Snow White. She's a white supremacist. One example is that portraying old witches and other withered characters Nancy Pelosi, uh, as evil can be seen as ageist because they associate old age with evil. Well, you never met my Aunt Blanche. Anyway, the Telegraph also says that insiders have said that there is a lack of racial diversity among the book's protagonists with too many white princesses with blonde hair and blue eyes. <clears throat> it also alleged the presumption of gender pronouns in the books is an issue and that princesses use the word uh, man when they meet the prince for the first time. Well, you know, your prince could be trans. You know, you could, you, you never know. Could have been Rapunzel one week and Prince Charming the next. You know, let down your hair. I didn't. I cut it off because I'm, I'm a man now. So anyway, uh, the idea of uh, love at first sight is also problematic. According to the report, a character such as uh, Cinderella should not be falling in love without formally speaking to her counterpart. You can't just swipe right on her, I guess. You know, what's, I mean, really, what's worth love at first sight or swiping right on somebody? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, formally speaking, as that would be based on her feelings um, solely on physical attraction, as much uh, she is placing the privilege of beauty over character traits. Yeah, um, changing the book ain't going to help that. Just thought you should know. You know, there's a reason why uh, Jeff Bezos has a really hot girlfriend and he's a f bald 60 year old dude. He is money, 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 and uh, that's part of it. I'm not saying if you're, you're just being a sexist. No, and I'm not using that one dang example, and I'm comparing it to Prince Charming. This would apparently suggest to readers that those who are considered uh, uh, beautiful are entitled to happiness, and that represents only a certain demographic. It is uh, reported to that this refers to white heterosexual man and woman as being those who are depicted as worthy of romance. So what I would uh, suggest doing uh, is... <clears throat> uh, Penguin put a label on the books that says uh, could be offensive. Maybe a trigger warning. A trigger warning. Could be offensive to fat, ugly people. Uh, wouldn't that take care of it? You, you don't pick up this book if you are fat and ugly. And by the way, nobody who, uh, you know, what the hell is ugly? All right. You know, I mean, seriously. I got a hot wife. What the hell? So anyway, uh, phrases such as handsome prince and beautiful princess place too much emphasis on physical attractiveness, <laughs> particularly in Rapunzel, who, by the way, I just told you was trans. Uh, sleeping beauty. As such, it would be a problem for those stories to suggest that physical beauty or being handsome is worthy of attention. Well, what the hell does Kim Kardashian exist for? Dear Lord, you people. You people. Let's take a break and come back. It's the Rob Carson Show. Joe Biden has always been a punchline. Now he's just a joke. It's the Rob Carson Show. One other uh, censorship story, and uh, it is the iconic song Zippity Doo Dah. <laughs> I have to say the I have to say the name of the song, and then say that it's being canceled. Zippity Doo Dah is offensive. 
The iconic Zippity Doodah song has been removed from Disney's Magic Happens Parade, presumably because it originated in the controversial 1946 song, uh, a feature song of the South, Zippity Doodah. Yeah, Disneyland officials confirmed that the L.A. Times the song had been removed with reports indicating that it had been replaced by a song from Peter Pan, which could be, by the way, Nancy Pam. I mean, could be. You know, Tinkerbell could be a dude. <clears throat> Seriously, what the hell? Zippity Duda <laughs> entered the American zeitgeist in 1946 when black actor James Basket performed it in the part animated, part live action movie, Song of the South. Uh, by the way, and this is where you, when you erase history, and, and these are white people who want to get rid of Zippity Duda, by the way. They're Karens. Uh, they want to get rid of Zippity Duda. But you see, James Basket. Uh, he was part of that, and uh, he became the first man to win an Oscar for his portrayal of Uncle Remus in uh, And Zippity Doodah would go on to earn its rightful place in the American songbook. So congratulations, Karen. You also got rid of Aunt Jemima. And Aunt Jemima's relatives, she's a folk hero in her hometown. But you morons decided that she couldn't be because, you know, we, we were better off making decisions for you black people because we're Karens in cul-de-sacs and and while we're at it let's go ahead and demand that uh the uh the native american indian on land of lakes butter go away and also uncle ben needs to go away and meanwhile there are all these people uh, black people who are like well i, I don't care uh, uncle ben, who care uncle ben we love uncle ben we, we choose uncle ben because uncle ben's on the box uncle ben's the best rice because we trust uncle ben and jemima the reason why uh, the reason why we choose Aunt Jemima is because, A, she's in a, a bottle of syrup that looks like her. And uh, in her commercials, she says, I taste so good. And and who cares about Aunt Jemima? But they got rid of Aunt Jemima. They replaced it. It's like, uh, I don't know, White Suburban Hills Flower Company or something. So uh, uh, Splash Mountain, by the way, the initiative to close down Splash Mountain at Disney World started three years ago. They got rid of that. They're converting it into the Princess and the Frog instead of the Song of the South because racism, I guess. Oh, and we need to get rid of the Dixie Chicks. Well, they're not, uh, they're not, um, they're, they're white girls with a band. And George Floyd is a guy who was murdered in Minneapolis. That's okay. We want to get rid of the Dixie Chicks, too. Okay. All right. Anything else? Anything? Washington Redskins have to go. Okay, uh, what else? All of the uh, statues of Abraham Lincoln and all the Confederate soldiers and uh, Abraham Lincoln. I say Abraham Lincoln and Teddy Roosevelt and uh, uh, Christopher Columbus and Abraham Lincoln. Did I mention that? Yeah, those all have to go because they're offensive. So uh, anyway, uh, by the way, uh, that, that uh, uh, Splash Mountain was canceled and replaced with the Princess of the Frog because 21,000 uh, people signed a, uh, a, uh, a petition saying get rid of it. And uh, 99,000 people said, uh, no, we want to keep it. But because they got 21,000 uh, signatures, they, uh, they got rid of it. So, and here are some of the offensive lyrics to Zibbity Doodah, in case you wanted to hear it. Just, just if it this is a little... Uh, a trigger warning for all you uh, Gen Zers out there. Um, here we go. Uh, calm down. Zippity doo zippity a. My oh my, what a wonderful day. Well, it is if you're white, privileged, <clears throat> plenty of sunshine heading my way. Zippity doo da, zippity a. Mr. Bluebird's on my shoulder. Well, why couldn't it be a robin? Why are you being speciesistic? On my shoulder, it's the truth. 
it's sneeze, everything satisfaction, zippity doo zippity a wonderful feeling, wonderful day. Again, if you are white privileged, uh, it is, but not so much with everybody else. Uh, let's take a break and come back and wrap things up. This is the Rob Carson Show. That's going to do it for the show, guys. Check out the podcast, Newsmax.com slash listen and share with others. I think this is a great one. As always, have a glorious day. God bless you guys. God bless America. And I will see you tomorrow.